In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear, Jesus came and stood among them. Uh, how many of y'all, at some point in the last six weeks, have hit the end of your rope? Show of hands. Yeah, I see those hands. Yes, I uh, can relate. Uh, this has happened several times to me, uh, hitting the end of my rope. Um, I noticed it uh, towards the end of this week. Um, lots of little things that I was sort of inordinately irritated with, um, people and circumstances around me. Uh, Thursday night, Deb and I took our little dog, Edith, uh, out for a walk uh, before leading our DNA groups. We've got two DNA groups that we lead on Thursday nights. And um, I felt my irritation rising as Edith, uh, you know, just did her dog stuff, which was just, she wants to go, to, she wants to go sniff every tuft of grass because, you know, clearly that's where the other dogs have peed. So anyway, so she, I just found my irritation sort of rising and, and more and more tersely started saying to her, come come. I said it like a hundred times on the walk. I'm just like, come, like, stop, you know, stop, stop smelling the tufts of grass. Uh, you know, we're, we're on a walk here. We're trying to get around the neighborhood in an efficient manner so we can get back home and, uh, you know, get with the program dog, you know, stop enjoying all the smells. Um, which obviously my dog probably had a little better idea of what a walk is for, uh, than I did at that point. Um, but my irritation showed up in all kinds of other ways too. I've, snapped at my wife a few times, um, lots of exasperated sighs when things didn't quite go the way I'd hoped they'd gone. Um, friends, I don't, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I was just all out of patience. I was all out of compassion. I was all out of energy. I was all out of tolerance for the little stresses of staying home during this pandemic. I had reached the end of my rope. Um, and I, I know that, um, you know, we're all experiencing uh, suffering, uh, the end of our rope in, in one way or another um, during this pandemic. You know, a lot of you are trying to work from home and also facilitate your kids' e-learning, um, but, you know, the kids are not having it, um, so that uh, that's fun. Um, some of you are living alone um, and wishing you had other people to get irritated with um, around you. Um, some of you are not at home. Some of you are still going to work um, and very anxious about it. Um, some of you are losing income. Some of you are losing jobs. Um, and of course, some of us, uh, many of us know people who are sick um, with COVID or um, have even died. So the pandemic, friends, has brought all kinds of suffering to us. There's all kinds of ways for us to be at the end of our rope. And I think the temptation in such times is for us to shrink back. It's for us to go into self-preservation mode. It is to conserve our, our energy, to consolidate our resources, to take care of ourselves and those that we love, to kind of treat yourself. Um, <laughs> in, uh, in self-indulgence, uh, to go into survival mode. Um, but um, one of the things that Dallas Willard uh, said that uh, has stuck with me is, he said this, it's a blessed thing to get to the end of your rope. It's actually a blessed thing to get to the end of your rope because God is there. He said, God's address is the end of your rope. The end of your rope is where God lives. And uh, I think this is what the disciples discovered in the gospel passage that we read today from John. Uh, it picks up right where we left off last Sunday. Mary tells the disciples, I've seen the Lord, uh, but they don't really seem to believe that, right? Because <laughs> they're later that day, um, the scene opens 
it says that they are still hiding behind closed doors because they're afraid. Uh, and you can understand it. The trauma and the confusion of seeing their Lord killed is still sharp in their minds, and they're afraid that they might be next. And so the doors are locked. Um, they're hiding. Um, they've understandably gone into self-preservation mode. They've gone into survival mode. They, they're hunkering down. They're hoping the storm blows over soon. They've reached the end of their rope. And right in that uh, situation, Jesus comes and stands among them. And he says, peace be with you. After this, he shows them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they see the Lord. And Jesus says again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Friends, there's tons of good news in this passage and in 1 Peter. I wish I could preach all of it. Um, but here's what we're preaching today, just this good news. At, even at the end of our rope, in the places we are locked up in fear and self-preservation, Jesus, the risen one, comes to us and stands among us, proclaiming peace, breathing life into us, empowering us to participate in the very life of God, becoming human as God is human, by laying down our lives in sacrificial love for each other and for the world. So friends, uh, I want to highlight just three aspects of this encounter that uh, the disciples have with Jesus that I think are true for us today uh, in the midst of uh, reaching the end of our rope. So just whatever that is for you, I want you to hold it in your mind as you listen here. Um, what, what's the end of your rope that you've reached? Um, where, where's the place in your life where you need Jesus to speak peace? Where do you need to know his presence standing in your midst? Uh, where do you need to breathe in the life that he breathes out to you? So the three aspects are these. The first one is at, at the end of our rope, Jesus offers his presence. Um, they're behind closed doors because they're afraid, but Jesus moves through these barriers that they've constructed, that their fear has constructed, and he moves through them somehow. It just says that he just came among them. Jesus came and stood among them. And so the first gift that Jesus gives us in these moments is simply his presence. Jesus came and stood among them. He's simply with them. At the end of their rope, he shows them his wounds so that they know it really is him, that the risen one in their midst is the crucified one. This will be important for later when we talk about participation. But keep that in mind. The risen one is the crucified one. His presence among them is a crucified and risen presence. It still bears the marks of him laying down his life in self-sacrificial love for his friend, as he said he would. This is the character of his presence and the character of his life in our, in our midst. Friends, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. On our worst day, when the worst thing happens that you can imagine, Jesus is right there. He promised he'd be with us to the very end of the age, and his presence is always the ultimate gift. That's the first thing I notice in this encounter is that at the end of our rope, Jesus offers his presence. He's with us at the end of our rope. Second thing is this, at the end of our rope, Jesus proclaims his peace. Jesus speaks directly to their fear. Twice he says this, peace be with you. And this is more than just a standard kind of greeting at the time. He's not just saying, hey guys, what's up? I'm back. He is speaking directly into their wounds. He's speaking directly into their fear and their trauma and their confusion. He's speaking directly into those places and he's offering what he has within himself, which is peace, reconciliation, shalom. And he says, it is yours. Peace be with you. This is the peace that Jesus talked about earlier with his disciples in John 14 that the world cannot give. 
the peace that the world cannot give. It, this is the peace that isn't dependent on the circumstances turning out well. This is the peace that Jesus proclaims to his frightened disciples, and it can't be touched by the threats of the world. It's the peace that knowing that despite all the hurt and the harm this world can and does inflict, God's presence and care is there, and it stands, and it is deeper. It goes deeper than our circumstances. This is a peace that's a profound sense of well-being that our circumstances cannot touch, and it is Jesus' gift to us. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. This is the confidence, not of a naive a uh, person who didn't think that life was going to hurt her, but it is the proclamation of someone who knew that beyond the hurts and the harms that life can bring, that there is a peace, and Jesus speaks it to us. And this peace is being proclaimed over us even now, in the midst of whatever you're suffering because of this pandemic, the peace of being at, like wherever you're at, the, wherever the end of your rope is at, Christ is there and he's proclaiming his peace. Peace be with you. This is available to us today, friends. The third thing is this. So Jesus offers his presence. Jesus proclaims his peace. And the third thing is that he empowers us for participation in his life. At the end of our rope, specifically at that place, when we have exhausted our resources, when we have nothing left in the tank, that's the place that Jesus breathes into us. He breathes on us and he, and he uh, offers it. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. That is the life of God. And he invites us into participating in the actual life of God. As the Father has sent me, so I send you, he says. And when he says this, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So Jesus commissions them. He enlists them into his project and he empowers them to participate in the life that he shares with the Father and the Spirit. That's what's going on here. And I think the key phrase is, as the Father sent me, so I send you. In the same way that the Father sent me, I'm sending you. With the same posture and methodology that the Father sent me, the same way that I went about my work, that is the way that you are to go about your work. And how? And this is the key action. Jesus breathes on them. He doesn't leave us to our own devices. All these devices that this is why we're at the end of our rope is we just we're we're trying to use our own devices. You know, we're trying to live by our own stores of uh, of emotional health and compassion and patience and all of this stuff. And we try to live uh, from those internal reserves. And once we get to the end of our rope, we realize we if not, we can't do it. We need the life of God to be breathed into us. And that's what Jesus does for his disciples here. He breathes into them. And immediately the things that would have been called to mind are Genesis 2, where the Lord God forms a human out of the topsoil of the fertile earth, and he blew life's breath into his nostrils. The human came to life. Ezekiel 37 is another passage that comes to mind here, where um, the, the the prophet sees, uh, God asks the prophet, breathe into these dead bodies and let them live. And then when the prophet prophesied, breath entered them and they came to life. And so way more is happening here than Jesus just saying, hey, guys, do your best to join in God's mission. You know, get, get out there and give it another try. No, he's saying you, you can't do it. Like the, the resources that you have have brought you to the end of your rope. And what you need is a new life. What you need is new life. You need to learn how to participate in the life that God has. And so Jesus is recreating his disciples in this encounter. He's animating them with his very own life 
the life of the Holy Spirit, the new kind of life that comes from the heavens when we hit the end of our rope, that we now participate in as those who've been brought to life by Jesus. And this is the life of God that we see in Jesus. Jesus pours himself out and pours himself out in self-sacrificial love for others all the way to the cross. And this is specifically that kind of life is the life that results in the victory over death and the resurrection. So the risen one is the crucified one. This is the life of God that we participate in. It is a cruciform life. It's shaped like a cross. And so as we breathe in the Holy Spirit that the, that the Jesus is breathing out to us, our lives take on this shape. They take a cross shape. They take a cruciform shape. We give up our lives in order to participate in this new life. And we learn how to live from God's resources. We pour ourselves out in self-sacrificial love. We lay down our lives for others and for the world. This is how we participate in eternal life. So now, friends, taking up your cross is participating in the divine nature. The cross of Christ is the tree of life from which we eat and find life as we imitate his life. So this is the paradox at the heart of the Christian life that Jesus is proclaiming here. If you, if you seek to save your life, if you lock the doors and you try to stay safe and you ration your love and you don't get too involved, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for Jesus' sake, following him to the cross, laying down your life in self-sacrificial love for others, you enter into a new kind of life. You enter into eternal life. And it can't be touched by death because it is gained through death and the death to self that we go through to gain this kind of life. And so this is the gift that Jesus gives his disciples at the end of their rope, the power to participate in life that is truly life. Brothers and sisters, at the end of our rope, in the places we are locked up in fear and self-preservation, Jesus, the risen one, comes and stands among us, proclaiming peace, breathing life into us, empowering us to participate in the very life of God so that we can become human as God is human by laying down our lives in self-sacrificial love for each other and for the world. So it's natural, folks, uh, for us to, uh, at the end of our rope, try to preserve ourselves, indulge ourselves, hunker down, shrink back. We're trying to save our life. We're trying to get a better grip on our rope. But God meets us there at the end of our rope, not to give us more rope and not to help us hang on tighter to our rope, but to help us let go of our rope and trust him to catch us and trust him to teach us how to be human as he is human. Teach us how to live without ropes. To receive the Holy Spirit and participate in God's life means death to those things that we thought were gonna bring us life. Self-preservation, fear, all our efforts to get life by consuming things, seeking to gain status in the eyes of others, whatever it might be. Instead of those things, instead we become aware of Jesus' presence with us. We hear him proclaim his word of peace to us. And as we breathe in the Holy Spirit, we allow God to participate. We, we allow God to call us into participation in his life by laying down our lives in self-sacrificial love for one another and for the world. Amen? Amen. Um, so friends, uh, let me just proclaim this good news again to us. Um, because the result of this is joy. I, I, that's the other. That's the last thing I, I think I uh, want to proclaim about this passage is that when the disciples see Jesus and when they receive the Holy Spirit, the result is joy, and it's a joy that overflows. And they tell Thomas, we've seen the Lord. Um, it's the same thing that happened with Mary last week. I've seen the Lord. 
And uh, this overflows into a uh, ecstatic prophetic speech uh, about um, just proclaiming the, the what the Lord has done. So friends, even at the end of our rope in the places we're locked up in fear and in self-preservation, Jesus, the risen one, comes and stands among us, proclaiming peace, breathing life into us, empowering us to participate in the very life of God. We become human as God is human by laying down our lives in self-sacrificial love for each other and for the world. And what happens is what we read right at the end of John's gospel, by believing we will have life in his name. So friends, where are you at the end of your rope? Where do you need to hear Jesus proclaim his peace to you? Where do you need to let go of your rope, breathe in the Holy Spirit, and trust God to empower you to become human as God is human? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.